Rose quartz is often called the love stone. Its energetic hallmark is that of unconditional love that opens the heart chakra. This makes rose quartz a stone for every type of love. Self-love, family, platonic, romantic, and unconditional. As a variety of quartz, rose quartz has high energy, and this strong energy can enhance love in virtually any situation. Hello and good morning. Happy St. Patrick's Day. I'm Douglas Bowles, and you are listening to 42 Minutes, a production of SyncBook Radio and thesyncbook.com, a weekly conversation with the interesting artists and thinkers of our day. You can find us online at 42minutes.com, and you can reach us by sending a message to mail at 42minutes.com. You can also follow our tweets at Sync42 and at SyncBook. It's Tuesday, the 17th day of March, and we are very pleased to continue our Treefort Music Fest showcase. Holy smokes, are we doing a bunch of shows today. We just got off the horn with Twerps, and tomorrow tomorrow night we'll connect with Saki. But right now, let's head to William Morgan's hometown, Denver, Colorado, to consider all kinds of stoned. Uh, good one. Good one. But all, jo- all jokes aside, you'll note that one of the most effective ways to curve drug addiction is to legalize them. Don't believe me? There's a book. Google it. Look it up. But anyways, uh, the stone we are interested in right now is the type of quartz that offers an intoxicating brand of electropop laced with sultry vocal hooks atop a modern synthesized production with roots deeply planted in Denver's renowned do-it-yourself music scene. Rose Quartz is an amalgamation of two highly motivated producers slash vocalists who, following their 2011 launch, of their own record label, Hug Records, began quartering the market on fresh emerging music, both inside and outside our great city of Denver. They boast a live show as infectious as their music, complete with live production and fuzzed out intelligent lighting, offering audiences an experience that is both understated and impactful all at once. They will be performing this year at Tree Fort Music Fest for their fourth appearance, holy crap, Friday, March 27th, at 10 p.m. in the Rose Room. Hmm, that's very fitting, what we call a sink. More information about their work can be found at rosequartzmusic.com. It is a pleasure to be meeting with you guys today. How is it? Doing well, man. How about yourself? Awesome. Recreational. Speaking of Denver, where are you guys at in Denver? Uh, we are in uh, Globeville, so it's the uh, northeast northeastern corner of downtown. Ah, so you guys, okay, nice. So you guys are right in the middle of the action then, huh? Yep, yeah, basically right where I-70 and uh, I-25 intersect. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. We get a lot of Denver bands at Treefort, actually, and I I, I wasn't even aware. So I, I spoke with Eric Gilbert in February to begin this whole series of shows that we've been doing, and you know, I mentioned your name, and he said, you know, they've played every festival. I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> and and he's like, yeah, they used to be called Flashlights. Yeah, and I was in a band called Man Cub. So I played once, and then Flashlights is played every year. And so I've been there every year, and it's the festival that even if we didn't get booked, we'd be there anyways. So I think Eric is kind of like, well, if they're going to be here, they might as well play. <laughs> awesome. And so for our listeners who aren't quite sold yet, although I don't know how they couldn't be, what is it about this special festival that's so special that keeps you guys coming back? Um, it's just the uniqueness of it. Being in downtown Boise, I mean, it's such a friendly place to begin with. And then the lineup is always great. And something that always stands out is just the the artwork everywhere. Like the signs directing you where to go are all hand-painted. 
And there's just so much care put into the festival from their announced videos all the way until their, you know, artist hospitality and then, you know, like the food truck section. I mean, everything of it is just fantastically done. And we just, you know, really appreciate festivals that take as much care as Streetport does. Yeah. And speaking of announcement videos, one of those had a pretty, pretty sweet announcement tune, actually. Yeah, I guess one of them, one of them featured one of our songs, which was an honor. We were very happy to have that. Yeah, it's a it's a great song too. It really, you guys have a a really accessible sound. I think you could really reach a lot of people. Thanks, man. You bet. I mean, so you just got off tour. What what was what kind of experience did you just have? Oh man, so many good experiences. Um, this is Clay, our guitar player, by the way. He's joining me on the call. Hello. Hi. But yeah, so we we and, we and were who first... are we speaking to? I'm sorry, we didn't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's Alex. let's clarify. Okay. Yeah, I'm Alex. Alex and... So I'm the uh, I do a lot of the production and a lot of the instrumentation on the on the stuff. Ethan, the uh, the lead singer, couldn't be here. Okay. And um, so I'm just doing it, and then uh, Clay and I are doing it, and uh, and I don't if know, we're we looking really at time. your pictures, you're you're the the good looking one, right? Is that right? No, I'm the other one. <laughs> I'm the one with the beard and the long hair, and it, I guess it depends on who you are, if you think I'm good-looking or not. I'm just teasing. <laughs> well, we have a joke in the band where I'm definitely, like, where we're, we always say that Ethan, the singer, is the pretty one, and our jobs is just to make him look good by looking bad. <laughs> what, what's that movie hall pass where the dude, like, does with his hands, and he's like... It's a seven, it's a five. It's a seven, <laughs> it's a five. <laughs> yeah, that's, so, that's... But are you guys from Denver? I mean, is this where you grew up? Are you guys natives? Um, I grew up in Fort Collins, um, which is just 60 miles north. Um, and then, you know, three days after I graduated high school, I moved out, moved here. My dogs are going crazy. Can you guys hear that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. What are your um, dogs' yeah. names? We gotta if they're, if they're gonna be part of this, uh, we need to know their names. Their names are Roland and Pearl. Nice. So they're named after music instruments like Roland uh, keyboard, Roland keyboards and Pearl drums. So. Nice, nice. So then the curious thing I am so it seems like duos are something that's kind of starting to happen where you you the the two people creating the music are a duo and then they take it out on tour and they have a full band and so it uh-huh. seems like I don't know what to expect from Generationals but they're a duo we spoke to a band called Deluxe and they have a band that they bring on tour with them uh, mm-hmm. what do you guys do live um, so live we uh, I play bass and synthesizers mostly and I also do backup vocals and then Ethan sings and plays keyboard um, and then we have Clay that plays guitar and we have a drummer named Matt that um, really just kind of ties it all together and so he has um, he has like samples on like triggers on his drums so he can trigger electronic sounds while we have the acoustic sound going um, we've got some synth bass programmed um, that just kind of goes and uh, Ethan can kind of control that and then we just uh, play like kind of rock band style so it's it's a lot more high energy and uh, honestly it's just a lot more fun to perform this way cool now what 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 is this? What is where did the who is responsible for this sound of music? Who are your inspirations? What would you call this? Oh man, just so many. I mean, and we're all we're always kind of changing. Um, I come from like a uh, 
kind of like a punk rock background and, you know, just always liking the more poppier stuff. And, uh, and then I started making electronic music and I did like electronic, like, uh, I was really into the faint at the time and stuff like that. And then now we're really into bands like body language and, um, you know, the whole DFA crew and then going all the way back to, you know, like 60s soul and 70s funk and, you know, I speak for Ethan and I where that's where we kind of, uh, and the whole band actually now where we, you know, we kind of like have met up on this soul tip and this 70s funk thing that we're all really into. So I don't know, just a lot of, a lot of different ways to get where we are, I guess. And who are you excited to see up in Treefort? Um, oh man, I don't even know. Chick, chick, chick. Chick, chick, chick is probably the... I mean, they're one of my favorite bands of all time, so it'll be really good to see them again. We got to open for them a couple months ago, and it was a lot of fun, but that was before we had the full band thing going on, so I'm really excited to do that and uh, have everybody in the band get to see them. And then, uh, who else? I saw TV on the radio this summer in Denver, and they were pretty amazing, so that should be... That should be pretty cool. Yep, and I'm always excited to see Shades from Boise. Oh, awesome! Yeah, uh, Magic Sword. <laughs> yes. So uh, I'm really excited to see see those guys. Um, it seems like there's this Northwest electronic music uh, friendship with a number of bands. Are you also uh, familiar with um, Slow Magic? Is he somebody that you guys associate? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Because he's somebody that plays the festival or has played the festival a bunch in the in the past. Right, yeah. I met him last year for the first time at Treefort and he was a great dude. Um Ethan has been friends with him for a long time, so Yeah, and it seems like, you know, a lot of these acts are at the point where they're really starting to pop. You know, it seems yeah. like he, he poised for big or for a success on a in a bigger scale than uh, independent artists, you know, so like th there's a grind absolutely. that initially happens, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and that's where we're at right now. I mean, <clears throat> we've officially been Rose Quartz for a year, and we've been a four-piece band for five or six months now, so, and we've already been, you know, in the van for six-plus weeks, and, uh, <sighs> you know, we're just, we're grinding through. We have one more leg of tour after Tree Fort where we're going out to Chicago, and um, everywhere on the way there and then we have a few shows on the way back we're doing a day trotter session which will be really cool um, and then we get back and then the grind changes from touring to getting our record done so we can actually have like a full length because right now we just have two EPs so you know the grind never stops and that's what's really inspiring to see about all these uh, bands that you just mentioned especially Slow Magic and, um, and Shades and some other bands where I've known about them for five or six years, and they just haven't stopped, and they've only gotten better. Well, Odessa played the festival last year, and right. they are just huge now. Mm-hmm. Where and I saw a yacht play the festival. I, I think it was last year or the year before. But I think it playing. was a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah. They so. had a lot of energy. That was a that was a fun show. Mm-hmm. But then, are you guys coming for the whole for the whole week, or you know, the whole weekend? I, we haven't quite decided yet. Um, I know it's getting close, and but we kind of we kind of roll this way. We, we were planning on touring around it, and it just kind of worked out that we have the weekend off. So we're trying to figure out whether or not I kind of I think we're just going to do the Friday Saturday thing, but I'm not too sure. I really you know we want to we want to be there the whole time. We just we all got jobs and we all gotta you know make 
make money when we're home. So yeah. take advantage of being home, I guess. What kind of what kind of work do you do that pays the bills? Um, so I work at a, a modular synthesizer and guitar pedal company called WMD, and so we make uh, we make guitar pedals and a lot of the synth modules I use in the recordings and. Um, We've used a couple things live. Hopefully, I'll have some pieces of ours live. And then, uh, you know, uh, our drummer owns a mastering studio, so he has to he has a lot of clients. And then, um, Clay, you work at a coffee shop. Yeah, not not quite as glamorous, but still pays the bills. Right. <laughs> and then Ethan works. Uh, Ethan is now unemployed, I guess. Yeah, firmly, Wait. firmly unemployed. Firmly, probably, unemployed. firmely, firmly. He's probably wearing sweatpants right now. Yeah, sweatpants. <laughs> Get ready to, uh, you know, watch more Futurama. <laughs> well, so what do you think about Starbucks making up all these new drinks and giving them goofy names? <laughs> haven't kept up on that. Yeah, I haven't really kept up on that either. But every time I see him, I just say I want you know a small americano, and I guess that doesn't exist. So, <laughs> well, they what they have something now called the flat white, which is a macchiato at every other coffee shop in the world. Right. But I, it's a. I actually have a good friend that's from Australia, and she was pretty excited to try it out because that's a thing there, I guess. And she was, she was pretty disappointed in the. They totally bastardized it, and she just felt culturally, uh, I don't know, betrayed. <laughs> it was my mission when I was when I was younger to find the best cup of coffee, and I uh-huh. found it. I found it in Seattle at a place called Vivachi. I'm wondering, you know, where do we go in Denver for the best cup of coffee? Ooh, there's a there's a lot. There's a place called Corvus that I really like. Um, Corvus is my favorite. Yeah. They do uh, cold brew and uh, just amazing espresso, and they're good dudes. And they're you know they're always fun to talk to, which is cool at a coffee shop. Yeah. Then there's another place uh, on Larimer. I can't even think of what it's called anymore. Crema. Crema. Crema is kind of the staple because it's closer to me, so I go there a lot. They've got good food too. Yeah, there's about a thousand. Fancy little coffee shops yeah. in Denver. <laughs> well, yeah. Tell us a little bit about like the Denver scene. I mean, it. I. I don't have any. It, I get a taste of it at Tree Fork because a, a, a number of bands come and it seems like they they return. Mm-hmm. Um. I. I love the Denver scene. I mean, it's it's constantly growing as as I am, and it's it's always exciting to see, like. There's a lot of bands that you you know like they'll be together for two years and then they'll break up and it's so sad to see them break up. But then the next band that they create is just you know that much better or that you know or just another extension of themselves. And I think that that's really cool to watch the evolution of the scene because I've been here for a long time and you know just as just as much as I've changed, everybody else has changed. But we're all you know the only thing we're doing is just like changing our quality and making it better. And that's you know much appreciated and there's a lot of rock bands a lot of indie rock um there's a clay's in a great band called wild high and uh they're kind of on the more psych indie edge of of things but very intricate and fun to listen to very interesting and then there's another band in town that we play with that we really like called Sunboy, and uh they're just like awesome psych rock with 90s electronic qualities at points so yeah, they're they're probably my favorite group in Denver right now. So but, I've, they're definitely worth looking into. 
and then we've got you know the staples of bands that have been around forever and by forever I mean you know anywhere between five and ten years and it's always cool to see when they come out with a new record like Snake Rattle Rattlesnake and the Photo Outlets they're at Tree Fort this year aren't they? yeah they, they'll be here they'll be at Tree Fort and you know they're always definitely check them out they're always a good time and um, I mean yeah it's it's changing and then there's always the constant which is cool too you know and yeah. it's uh it's a very cool scene to be a part of it's it's small and you see people everywhere so as long as you go to shows you're gonna see people that you know all over the place it's supportive too. people support each other it's not it's not the kind of thing where people are stepping on each other's heads trying to get trying to get to where they want to be everyone's kind of helping each other out and just kind of helping the scene grow as a whole because Denver's kind of reaching this point right now where it's like it's on the verge of you know it's kind of in the process of exploding as a city for a number of reasons but it's as far as just people moving here it's you know there's a lot and so it's actually been cool too because of uh, the shows we play I've seen the shows get more and more filled up and I I can't help but think that the rising population has something to do with that. It's not just me getting like super good and people knowing who I am. I think it really has to do with just there's more, there's literally more people to come to shows that want to be there. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been living near Denver and pretty much in Denver my whole life. And, you know, it's always scary when your town starts to get really, uh, when a lot of people start moving there, but it's been pretty cool. Because, I mean, especially for that reason, because there's more people playing good music and there's more people coming to shows, so. Mm. Except traffic sucks. Yeah, that, I mean, you know, there's there's the downsides too, but as far as, I mean, we were, yeah, you, you know, guys are right there, wait, you said, you said at the corner of 70 and 25, is that right? Yeah. You guys are right next to the gross store, aren't you? Yeah. That's worth talking about. So we ha our audience is both a national audience and an international audience. What was that like to go from, I, I mean, to be one of the, the places in the country where marijuana is legal? Uh, it's been insane. <laughs> it's, I mean, there's just, a, there's been a lot, obviously a lot of tourism based around it. Um, not much has really changed for us personally, but I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of cool because <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of put Denver on the map internationally. You know, it's like, it's just, you know, a lot more people are talking about the city and coming here to visit and seeing what it's all about. So I think it's been a positive thing as far as I can tell. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. That's I a guess. question we get everywhere we go. Yeah, but pretty much, yeah, every single show that we played out of state, someone always... Someone mentions it. Uh, people are always curious, yeah. Most well, of the you time guys we play shows, people are like, we're coming, we're coming to Denver in a week. We're like, <laughs> I'm going to Denver in three weeks. It's just like... A lot of people that we meet are really, you know, fascinated by it. And like you were saying in the beginning, uh, Will, the uh, people, you know, the, the best way to curb drug addiction is to uh, make it legal. And it's so funny because a lot of our friends and a lot of people have just quit smoking weed that, now that it's legal. It's just not even cool anymore. <laughs> not <the> same. <laughs> it's not the same anymore, man. Yeah, yeah exactly. I liked buying it from my friend's older brother when I was 16, but right. now you can go to a store and buy with a credit card. It's lost some of its... It's like impossible sets. to find dirt weed now. You're like, yeah. I miss dirt weed. Like, I, exactly. You got so used to kind buds, you were like, needed something to dunk your head in to wake your ass up. Oh, wait, this is what it's like to smoke herb. Yeah. 
weird. What about edibles? You guys experiment? Um, so my girlfriend actually works at an edible place, and they're called Sweetgrass, and they do uh, they do cookies and brownies. And honestly, it's not just saying that because she's my girlfriend, but it, if you're in Denver, try them. They're at most of the dispensaries, <laughs> most of the recreational, and they are super tasty. And uh, they just lowered the dosage, which is awesome because they st- when they started out, they were like 65 milligrams, and you could eat a quarter of one and just like – you'd be cleaning your house for four hours, you know? Right, right. <laughs> so now they're making them like 10 milligrams. So if you've never smoked or, you know, if you don't smoke that often or if you've never done an edible before, you know, you can eat a half of one and eat the other half in a half an hour and it'll feel really good. And um, I don't know, the edible thing is funny because it's, they they can get so intense and a lot of people <laughs> don't realize that they don't kick in for at least, you know, 25, half, 25 minutes, half an hour or so. Right. People make that mistake of, oh, nothing's happening to me. So then they eat more and then it kicks in. <laughs> and then you're like past the point of no return. You know what exactly. I mean? It's like you point. already did too much. You're screwed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's funny because people, I think people are like, oh, yeah, I, I used to love pop brownies when I was in college 20 years ago. Right. <laughs> I eat one of these medical, like a, an entire cookie and they're just like having an anxiety attack. For right. yeah. Strong well, control to me, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> and do they taste pretty good? They're great, man. I think people associate the milligram content, like the higher the milligram content, uh, the better it is. And it's no, dude, it's just, that's like the stronger <laughs> it is. Like the better is seriously lower because you'll be able to eat one. And right. they're so tasty that you want to eat the whole thing. Like I want them to make uh, a thing of cookies that's like 10 milligrams with like six of them. You know, so I could sit there with a glass of milk, <laughs> eat six cookies, and then get high. You know, like what's the right. point of eating one cookie and then being like, <laughs> right? And then all of a sudden you think you're dead, like, yeah, Bruce Willis from Six Sense. Like nobody told me. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. Uh, the that super famous phone call on yes. YouTube where yeah. the cop called the cop called 911 it's like we're dying time is going so <laughs> slow <laughs> i think we're dead we are dead yeah we're dead i think we're dead do you guys participate in any of the other perks about living in denver like snowboarding skiing hiking yeah absolutely man i it's we kind of skipped winter this year which is kind of a bummer like because we've been on tour the whole time so oh, i uh I've like I've I bought a snowboard pass and I've gone three times. So technically I've paid it off, but like I gotta go a couple more times. <laughs> right. Well, from what I hear, it's still kind of snowing up in Breck and stuff like that. So it depends on what kind of pass you got. I wonder. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I can go. I'll be able to ride until like end of April probably. But mm-hmm. um, it's funny because you know the the winter they they close the resorts around like. The, the beginning, middle of April, and that's when sometimes we get the biggest dumps. So it's like, you know, we've been getting, we always have a late, like, a late snow season, it seems, and we get a lot of snow in the in the late winter. So I'm not, I'm I'm not giving up yet. I'm still going, you know. Well, A Basin stays open till Fourth of July sometimes. Most so of the time, Fourth of July. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, but yeah, man, snowboarding, biking, uh, you know, cycling, and. Uh, Swimming. We do a lot of swimming in the summer. Uh, rivers, you know, there's good yeah. places to jump off rocks and stuff. So, Yeah, we should mention you guys are playing at the Bluebird on the 30th as well. So you're coming right back into town after Tree Fort before heading out in, into Nebraska. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
we're so excited to play the Bluebird too. It's one of our favorite your, places to play. And you guys have played there before, then? That's cool. Yeah, not with the full band. We've all played there. I mean, Alex and Ethan have played there as a two piece a couple times, mm-hmm. um, and I've played with other bands, but our, this is yeah. the first time with the full band, and we're we're playing with Generationals, who we've been on tour with for the last couple months. So we're pretty excited to kind of show them how we do it in Denver. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, and the you know we've all played the Bluebird, like you were saying, we've all played the Bluebird a handful of times in different ways or another. But to be able to do it together, I mean, we have such a fun time playing together. And now that we've been on tour, you know, our chops are up. We're like we're feeling a lot more tight knit, and we're just like really excited to show our friends and family what we've been doing for the past two months. Awesome. Yeah. So tell us more about Hug Records then. Um, so Hug Records just kind of started, um, I, I like, uh, I always wanted to start a record label and Ethan and I, you know, we got together and, uh, our management, um, our, our manager's name is James. So we all got together and we started, uh, what we called Holy Underground, which was the acronym Hug. And, uh, we, we actually ended up kind of splitting it apart where Holy Underground is, uh, the more business side of things and so that's like James and a couple other people just kind of managing bands and booking bands and kind of doing the doing the industry side of things and then Hug Records is kind of right now just kind of chilling because it's um, we're just kind of getting everybody together that we're going to be releasing and um, as of right now it's just kind of been an outlet for Ethan and I to put our stuff out on um, a way for us to keep track of you know, when we were flashlights and man cub, uh, we were two separate entities. It was a way for us to keep track of the, um, the plays and the income, uh, like YouTube or uh, iTunes income and all of that together. And then we we released a couple other bands like Real Magic, and um, we've been uh, thinking about, you know, we're gonna get it back, get it going again. But we're just we've been so busy that we've kind of just uh, been waiting to uh, get the releases um, ready and make sure that you know we have like a good roster to support you know what's a curiosity to me is that uh when were you guys just played houston like was it two days ago that was yeah saturday night last saturday so and then uh, friday what kind of drive is it from there to denver so we did we did houston and then we did san antonio um and then on the night of san antonio we drove straight to austin because we have a good friend that lives there so we slept in austin and then we drove back, and it took us like 14 hours, I think, to get yeah. from Austin here. I think it was like 16 stuff. Well, I'm I'm curious because South by South, you when you were just basically on the doorstep of South by Southwest, how come how come you didn't play there? So we've we've done South by like three or four times, uh, as far as different bands, um, and Ethan and I did it as Rose Courts for the first time last year. We had our first official showcase as like official South by people, you know, and that was like, that show was way worse than any of the unofficial stuff we did. And we just kind of realized that unless you have a brand supporting you, like South by is no longer for the bands. It's all about brands. Like every band that I love that's playing an awesome showcase, that showcase is like, you know, Tito's Vodka's super showcase on Saturday. And then like the next the next one that's super cool that yeah. someone's doing is playing for like Taco Bell and Mountain Dew's showcase. And like 
they always have like a big headliner and like the it's just not the same anymore and i feel like when you go to these when you go to the non-branded showcases that's where a lot of the really good or a lot of the really talented bands are but there's no one at their shows cuz they're all at these all at these things where they can get vodka tonics for free or vodka red bulls or whatever you know and so for us to be when when it came down to doing it we were like well, we could either stay in Austin or stay in Texas for another week or go home before our next leg of tour and like get some of these in, these things in our head, these ideas in our head out, do some recording, also make some money at our jobs, and then we'll go do the next thing. It was kind of just like we, we just feel like there's better opportunities out there. And, you know, South by is always a really fun time, but we kind of want to separate ourselves from – I mean, I personally want to kind of separate ourselves from being uh, so dependent on brand names. And I think that, you know, this is kind of a statement towards that. But that's interesting. I mean, so one of the main topics that we discuss on this show a lot is this idea of independent media creators and producers. And so we talk to people who make alternative media news or, you know, music or art or whatnot. And it's just like, how do you go from the grind into being a professional that, takes themselves seriously and actually gets paid for what they do, but, you know, not somehow becoming... Sell out. Just sell out. Just say <laughs> Well, there's... I mean, there's a difference between, like, selling out and then just getting paid. It's yeah. Like, like, how do you guys negotiate that? Well, I mean, we, we just... We've, we've, we've decided that, like, this band is just going to be the band of fun and love. And, like, the reason why it's called Rose Quartz is because we love music unconditionally, and, and that's the only reason why we make it, you know? And so we're at this point where, you know, I've done licensing music, like I've done, I lived on for two years on just writing music for people. And I still do that for, for brands, you know, and I still do that, um, like in, as a private business and I do it, um, just kind of like to help supplement my bills. And we've, we've just kind of said that this band is the thing that we just want to do. And I always talk about artists, like, you know, like if you want to be a graphic designer for a living, like there's you're going to have to make like some pretty boring signs. You know, it's not like you're going to make the coolest thing all the time. Like there's people that are technically graphic designers that just make like, you know, you know, a one sign or whatever. You know, it's just like here, here's here's the new Fazoli sign. You know, it's just <laughs> so like you have to do that and like I have to do that for music all the time but when it comes to this project that's not what this project's about this project is about making grooves making people want to listen to an entire side of a record flip it over the, listen to the other side you know listen to the other side of the record and come to shows and move their feet you know so so you guys are album guys and not single guys then right if you get yeah. what I mean by that you guys like yeah. whole albums like concept albums what yeah, are some yeah, of the greatest? What what name some albums that are just just like pinnacles? <laughs> uh, Body language, grammar is a fantastic album all the way through. Both of their records are awesome. Um, the uh, pretty much every chick chick out chick 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 album, but Thriller is just amazing to listen to all the way through. Um, we always, you know, like. We've been like writing singles and we're all just so ready to, to write an album. And, you know, like when we're in the car, a lot of times when like whenever I put on music, I just start it right at an album. You know, another band that I really like right now is called Brick and oh, Mortar. Hey, 
Um, Matt just came in. All right, what's hey, up, man. dude? Drummer Matt. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we've just been, you know, like the the album thing is kind of like what what I've been really shooting for, you know. Right. Speaking of which, leaving now sounds really big, man. What else can we expect Thanks, coming down the road? Um, more syncopation, more just uh, more full bandness. I mean. As we so since we started this project, we've you know we were the we 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 were a duo to begin with, and we've decided since we've been playing with Matt and Clay that we're gonna be a band now, and we're gonna have real drums on the recordings, so we're gonna have guitar like a lot more guitar, and um, it's just gonna be a lot more live sounding, but at the same time we're still gonna have that electronic, um, you know fit that electronic niche and stuff and there's going to be some super dance hits and there's going to be some you know like moody mellow tracks and you know it's it's going to travel and that's what we're excited for what now i i wasn't at the beginning in the introduction mm -hmm. you know i read about rose quartz and this is that was all new to me and you know i don't right. know if i didn't even fact check it so perhaps no no sure. absolutely i mean we the thing is we haven't had too many interviews or like rewritten the bio since we were just the duo and we were planning on just doing it live you know it's like this is still a brand new thing and it's you know like we you know what catalyzed it is like we were playing we played with the band Starfucker in Aspen and it was just Ethan and I and you know there was there was a good amount of people there but in I don't know if you've like in Belly Up everybody's eating dinner during the opening band. So everyone was just like sitting down and eating nachos and stuff while we played. And it was kind of weird. And so when we got done, we were like, dude, we got to make this more fun live. How can we do it? And on the drive home from Aspen, I called Clay and Matt and was just like, we need to make this. We're going to do a live thing with you guys, you know? And then we practiced for maybe two months before we were like, all right, dudes, like, you guys want to be in this band? Absolutely. Okay, let's, you know, and so now we're thinking about it in a new way. So welcome, Matt. Is that what I understood? Hey, Matt showed up. <laughs> yeah, he just showed up. Sorry, drummers are always late. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but so then, why then the name change from flash flashlights to rose quartz? Because that happened before. Yeah. So that was Ethan and I basically. Um, so uh, flashlights started with a different producer altogether. It was Ethan and this guy named Sam Martin. Gotcha. And so Sam moved to uh, to Austin. And I hopped in and helped Ethan live, and while he helped me with Man Cub, and then uh, I quit doing Man Cub and uh, just kind of got burnt out because we were playing in two projects, and so we started uh, hanging out more and being friends more than just like let's get together and make music every single day, you know. So we started uh, started hanging out more and having a lot more fun together, and then we started writing and. We wrote three songs and released them as flashlights, and then we were like, "All right, man, these songs sound nothing like the old stuff, and we we have enough songs to not play any of the old flashlights songs anymore." So we we'll just let flashlights be its own thing with the records it's released, and then the three new songs we re-released as Rose Quartz and called it the Flashlight EP. Yeah, you know, and so that was kind of like. That's that was us together when we were shooting for the flashlight sound, and then Axis of Love is like the second rendition of like, okay, we're writing together now, we're going for a whole new project, and we want um, to t rather than trying to fit the flashlights um, scheme of things, we were like, 
you know, let's add some of my elements, obviously, like the Man Cub stuff, where, which it was much, much more of a noise punk electronic project. So we started doing, adding a little bit more of that in there. And that's where, you know, you get the end of leaving now and you get um, the song Something to Believe and just like the, the heavier elements that is what is now Rose Quartz. And uh, then, you know, it was just, we were together short enough that we were able to say, okay, we have new members of the band we're just going to keep calling it Rose Quartz and we're going to go for it, you know? Yeah, and so the next the next thing will be that. Yeah. The full bound band sound. Exactly. And then do you have any sense of and when we can expect, like, the first Rose Quartz LP? I'm not sure, man. I mean, we're shooting for... We keep telling ourselves we're shooting for fall, but I think that might be a little ambitious, so... Yeah. We'll see. But we're pretty pumped. I mean, we just got off tour and we... It wasn't even a day where like, hey, you want to hang out, make some more music? Yeah. So, that's that's yeah. a good sign that uh, it might happen sooner than later. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I got home and made a demo. I mean, I, I took work off yesterday to <clears throat> decompress, and I made a demo of a track that I'm super happy with. So, I mean, we're nice. all just very inspired by each other and <laughs> hanging out with each other and seeing all these other bands and listening to everybody's past. You know, everybody in the van, like, we're a very communal band, so everything... Every like everyone gets a turn to put on music, and it's always like, dude, did you ever listen to this band? Check this song out, you know, and just kind of schooling each other on a, on our path in yeah. music, you know. What do you guys think about hip hop? Di- I, I dig. I mean, I'm not like uh, I I grew up listening to like uh, Tribe Called Quest and like Easy E. Yeah. It's like you know the earlier stuff of it, and then I kind of got out of it through through like the 2000s when I was listening to mostly like punk rock and hardcore and stuff. And <laughs> Well, I just think it, your music has the potential for that. You guys ever fuck around with some MCs? We haven't. Not not yet. <laughs> does that, does that even exist in Denver? Is there even like a hip-hop like oh, yeah. scene there, here? There is. It's, it's relatively small compared to some other scenes, but it's definitely <laughs> here. There's definitely... Uh, some friends of ours, like Lily Fangs, uh, <laughs> Turner Jackson, those kind of people. There's, there's definitely some really interesting hip hop stuff going on, and it definitely kind of has uh, its own flavor that's kind of specific to Denver. But it's, I mean, just like every other music scene here, it's still small and uh, growing. Yeah, I I messed around with a dude um, named Zeely from Austin, and we wrote a track together, but it just never really worked out. Like. We weren't, neither of us were fully happy with it by the end of it, you know, and I think that, you know, I was still kind of learning what I wanted to do, and I think he was trying to figure out how to rap over my style of production still, and so, you know, I'd be open to doing it again, but it's definitely, uh, it's just something we haven't really messed around with too much. I mean, Turner and Lily are both relatively new on the scene, and I I just literally met them, like, over the summer, so... So I mean, there's there's potential for some for some collaborations for sure. I wouldn't say we're close to anything. No, <laughs> we'll see. I, I just I just I think about it over like leaving now, like the first loop or whatever of that song is just intense. It yeah, really gets you, and I imagine that somebody would yank it from you guys sooner or later just to loop it. Yeah, man. That would, we would love that. We're all about like <laughs> people, you know, if someone wants to sample it or whatever, that would be awesome. That would be really cool. 
That song actually has a little bit of marketing potential, though. I mean, what would you guys do if somebody came to you and asked to use it for like a Red Bull commercial or on a movie, like independent film or something like that? I just hold out my hand. <laughs> you know, we're really into uh, eating food. You guys eating food? Yeah, we love eating dinner. Do you know what a loop is backwards, man? The what? It's pool. And we love pools, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. We would go I'm I don't know, like the thing is is of course we would uh we're open for licensing. We the thing about licensing that is so cool is you get a good license and you can tour really well and still and you can use that as budget to help you tour, you know. You can be really smart with your money and and use it to just help help out your whole situation and so you know we're very open to it and you know I wouldn't we're working towards having stuff like that um, because you know it would all it would be so cool to see you know I, I've like I've done you know certain snowboard videos and stuff and it's always cool to see people like getting getting it to your music you know and like sending it off jumps and stuff so of course, oh, I so would funny. be. Some of you, that's so funny you say that because some of the music that I love the best, I discovered them from like a snowboarding video or something. Yeah, just, man. It's, yeah, yeah, that's it's just, a good idea. I love like we we're all about like the you know like combining different worlds like that. Like you know we appreciate like that kind of stuff like snowboarding and skateboarding and like it's cool like to see some you know some collaboration. They appreciate what we're doing too. So yeah, and you know we like you know some of our. Some of our friends, uh, it's always cool. Like Hundred Waters just got in a, on a Coca Cola commercial for the Super Bowl, and it's like that's pretty tight. And you know, it's pretty cool to hear them like in that and see that so many people have heard them through that they through that one ad. And you know, then it's always fun to like just be watching TV and hear like your friends like St. Lucia or like uh, Future Islands. You know, it's like yeah. We uh, we've met both of those guys, and you know we went on tour with St. Lucia for a while, and they've become really good friends. And uh, we've played with uh, Future Islands, and they're just the nicest people ever. So it's it's always cool when you hear people that you like, you know, on on commercials or whatever it is on videos and stuff. So of course I'd be open to it, you know. The question I forgot to ask Twerps right before we uh, talked to you was when you go on tour. Does the tour basically pay for itself, or do you actually get a little bit ahead if you sell enough merch and that kind of stuff? How does how does a tour work? And then we're just about out of time too. Right. Um, I mean, it's just uh, every every tour is different. Um, it just depends on guarantees and how smart you are and how cheap you are. Um, my brother works at uh, works uh, in like headquarters of uh, Taco Bell. And he's given us some some gift cards, you know, so that helps. Quiznos helped us out with some gift cards. That was nice. Um, you know, we've we've been we've been able to be really cheap on the road and actually come out a little bit ahead. Um, and uh, both tours so far. Um, but you know, the goal is to break even, and anything you make on top of that is just uh, is excellent. But you know, when you're gone, like we've been gone for literally like six weeks out of the past. Eight. So when it comes to that, like we've got to be making money, and so that we just live as cheap as we possibly can, and then we don't look at any of the cash or anything that we make until we get home, and then we count it after, and we pay for gas with with uh, shows, and that's it. And so then when we get done, we just count it out, and if we have money left, we divvy it. We divvy it up. 
Do you stay in hotels or do you have to do you crash it like Depends on how cold it is. We usually <laughs> don't though. We we had a lot of luck on the last tour of just meeting people at the shows. We, we put a sign at the merch booth that says Rose Quartz needs a place to stay. And then we, you know, meet like three or four people that are down to have us at their house and we just kind of vibe it out and see which one feels the most comfortable and yeah. we'll go to their house. <laughs> do they end up being pretty cool or do you have like these Stephen King type experiences? Where, like, <laughs> are there we've orgies? Really, I mean, we're all pretty intuitive in that way. I mean, we've yeah. had good experiences. We met some amazing people on this last run. You know, we, you can usually tell within the first 10 seconds of talking to someone whether, you know, they could potentially murder you or not. Right. But yeah, right. make really good friends. <laughs> yeah, and we always, you know, like depends on what, you know, <laughs> what neighborhood we're in or how big your house is or whatever. But um, most yeah, of the times cool. we'll have two people that sleep in the sleep in the van anyways just to kind of protect it because there's yeah. been so many horror stories of vans getting broken into yeah. lately. So. We don't take many chances when it comes to doing that, and always the buddy system. We always, yeah, do the buddy system in the van. So two people in the van, two people in the house, and uh, you know, it's been a that's been a really good thing too. Is like we'll we've only had to sleep four people in the van once, and that was in Las Vegas in a Walmart parking lot, and that was a little sketchy. Oh, shit. Sure, that is your lowest <laughs> moment. <laughs> yeah. Most definitely, but you know, every every other experience has just been cool. Um, everybody's just been very hospitable, and um, it's like you know, we've also ran into Ethan and I. We stayed at a kid's house who decided to throw a party since we were going to be there, and that was that was also a low point because it's like we had to leave at six more six in the morning to go to Tree Fort. Yeah, so. yeah, I, that would be my worry is that you guys would get somebody who'd want to party with you but that was 42 yeah. minutes thank you for sharing it with us yeah absolutely i really look forward to seeing you in boise real soon all right matt, we look forward to being matt there. clay matt clay alex and yep, ethan's not sir. there is that right yep that's correct yeah, yeah ethan will be uh, he's in a sweatpants somewhere <laughs> <laughs> firmly well, to all of our listening or listeners, excuse me, you've been listening to uh, Rose Quartz on SyncBook Radio, a production of thesyncbook.com. Information about the work of Rose Quartz can be found at rosequartzmusic.com. For more information about the SyncBook, our guests, to check out past shows, or to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, please be sure and visit our website at 42minutes.com. If you like the podcast, and would like more, consider becoming a member. Some of the membership benefits include full access to the complete audio archives, discounts on books, behind-the-scenes scripts, bonus audio and videos, as well as monthly online hangouts with the host. All this and more can be found at thesyncbook.com slash membership. Thank you so much. And though it's a long haul, it's a short fall, and you got nothing, honey. Because it's a long haul. Just what you said
been You are emptying me out Now I'm spinning in the dark I can feel my heart fall Emptying me out Why, why, why emptying me out? 